Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton. Uh, instead of a Saturday conversation, we're having a Sunday conversation this week uh, with the one and only Paul Wadlington of InsideTexas.com. Uh, this podcast brought to you by Gabe Winslow, uh, MortgagesByGabe.com. Hey, Paul, I, we look at it, and you were at the game on Friday. First of all, you took your son, you said, for his first ever uh, Longhorn home game. Uh, hats off to you. Now, now he's got. You've got expectations for decades now uh, uh, to re, re, uh, reinvent that 50-point uh, victory. He, he thinks every Texas football game is a 50-point blowout with exciting touchdowns, laser drones, <laughs> fireworks, 102-5, you know, screaming their hearts out, Tech getting humiliated. Uh, he thinks that's just a normal football game for Texas now, so – yeah, it's going to be tough to beat, but I, it was a great intro to Texas football. He's in love with it. I was going to say, it's better to set expectations high, right? I mean, it might yeah. as well. Hey, I got I to gotta say props to the UT Brass for how they've handled game day and Bevo Boulevard, especially. If you've got kids, getting there a couple of hours early is a lot of fun. It's, it's a blast. It's a great way to create little future Longhorns. So I, I so. love what they've done also with the tailgating area. 100%. Um, LBJ Lawn and is so much better than what it was just 10 years ago. I mean, it's just so, so much better. All right, let's talk a little bit about the game, uh, Paul. Uh, you were there. Uh, I just want to ask you, I mean, what most of this needs to be is about the Texas-Oklahoma State matchup uh, and then the other games that impact the college football playoff because Texas is squarely in that mix at this point. But I do want to ask you your two or three key takeaways uh, from Texas versus Texas Tech. I just thought it was an utter domination by Texas defense and special teams um, at, at a level in combination that I haven't seen in some time. And uh, special teams especially just thoroughly dominated. I mean, gosh, Bobby, we did our tail of the tape and we were both observing that Tech had good special teams all year. It had, it had won them football games and they just got humiliated. They got destroyed. And uh, it happened in every phase. You had a Keelan Robinson kickoff return. You had an incredible block by Michael Taff that was set up by Jeff Banks. If you watch that, the tech punter is right-footed, and he drifts to his right when he punts. Clearly, Banks identified that on tape. He shifts Taff over at the very last second, and Taff just took off like he was shot out of a catapult and just – grabbed the ball right off the guy's foot. I mean, it was just unbelievable coordination between the player and the coach. And Texas dialed up. Xavier Worthy had three good returns for about 50 yards. I think Tech had given up 50 punt return yards on the year. Uh, so other than a kickoff return that got to midfield, it was just a complete domination. And, of course, Burt Auburn, 19 in a row, Bobby, and including a 54-yarder. And if you saw the suit that he wore to the game, you knew that guy is feeling it. That's a that game. was hey, if you're 19 for 19, you can wear whatever you want, buddy. Man, he could wear a clown nose and and Brett Moore, Brett Yormark might recognize him. But uh oh, utter domination, special teams uh to you. Uh anything, I mean, the defense for me was a was a major takeaway. You know, Paul, I don't know if you know this. Tech only got past midfield once all game. Yes. They're, in fact, so, look, this was the coverage that I've been clamoring for, and I know other people have. Rod B has been vocal about it. I know Kelson, in his way, has yep. raised it. 
Kelson's a little more uh, diplomatic than sometimes Rod and I can be. Uh, more, more mature, obviously, but uh, I, I just thought they, this was a very aggressive coverage game plan. Uh, we blitzed on a, probably about 60% of our snaps and played press man outside. And then even when we did change up coverages, Bobby and zone, our guys were on their front foot. They weren't letting routes happen to them. They were going and chopping down the route tree before it blossomed. And uh, just very aggressive coverage, very sticky. And they didn't concede anything. This is amazing, Bobby, but I wrote this in my postmortem. Uh, and I had to look at it again when I pulled up the passing chart. But on pass attempts greater than 10 yards from scrimmage, Morton was one of seven for 13 yards. On throws behind the line of scrimmage, which is a huge part, of course, of Zach Kitley's offense, Tech was seven of nine for five yards. So Texas was literally conceding nothing, just saying, we don't think you can beat us. We don't respect you. And, and Tech's longest completion of the game went for 15 yards. I've never seen a quarterback stat line like that. 36 attempts, 88 yards passing. I mean, just no ability to progress the ball down the field. And that's because, remember, we were talking about breaking tendency in the tail of tape. We broke tendency. And Tech clearly had a game plan meant to attack underneath and exploit those easy gains and try to possess the ball and then hand it off to Taj and, and do a little ball control on us. We weren't having it. And you could tell Tech was slapped in the face. I mean, it was Texas was going to win. The only question was by what margin. Once I saw the first few defensive series, there there was just no way they were going to score the ball. Well, it, it was utter domination by the defense. Uh, held Tech to less than 200 yards total on the night. Uh, if, if you just take your take a second to think about, it, I mean, you mentioned special teams being special defense. Uh, I thought the other thing that I, I took away from it it was a running back by committee. And the committee was pretty good. You know, it wasn't just one guy. It was a group of guys. And there wasn't a drop-off much, even when we, they went to Savion Red or Trey, Trey Wisner. I mean, in the third and fourth quarter. The, I mean, those guys were running hungry. And yeah. they, were, they were running mad. And we did have our second-team offensive line in. But you don't get a lot of rest with big Cam Williams and Jaden Chapman coming in. Uh, those guys were firing off the football. Uh, I, I got to say that the second team guards, you hear the contact when they fire off. And uh, I, I had good seats and uh, right on the 45 yard line and, and you could hear them teeing off. Uh, one, one quick thing I wanted to add, uh, a great experience. It was a lot of fun. What was really fun was the sheer number of people that came up to me out <laughs> of the blue and said, hey, Paul. I watch your show with Bobby. You know, Paul, I enjoy your content. Hey, I just wanted to come up and say hi. Thanks for doing what you do. Really appreciate you guys. Tell Bobby hi. So it happened in the stadium. It happened in the airport. It happened on the plane coming back home. And my son keeps looking at me like, what is what is happening here? So, yeah, thanks to all you guys who came up and said hi. You, you uh, impressed my son. He's not easily impressed. but uh, we, we Unless, really unless it's a 50-point victory with drones. 
Unless it's a 50-point victory at Jerome. Then he's easily, easily impressed. Uh, hook up to those people uh, talking hook to Paul. And, and, and just want to let you guys know that Bobby and I appreciate you. So thanks for no, saying that. No hi. doubt. Uh, I want you to say you appreciate someone else, too, here, because I know you do. It's one of your very best friends, Gabe Winslow. Well, good Lord, I got off the freaking plane tonight, Bobby, and my text is blown up with Gabe Winslow commentary about the games. This is a guy who lives and dies with the horns, just like all of us do, all of us sociopaths. But uh, Gabe is very talented at what he does. And uh, he's he's he is the 57 to 7 win of mortgage brokers. Uh, thorough, complete, and dominating. Give him a call. Find out why. 832 557-1095. Go to mortgagesbygabe.com. Bobby and I would not steer you wrong. Pick up the phone and you'll find out very quickly why he why he is so good at what he does. Uh, Paul, let's let's move forward. And now Texas earned a spot in the Big 12 championship uh, game. They won the regular season. They play uh, Oklahoma State, who survived against uh, a BYU team that changed offenses in the last couple of weeks came became a little bit more game uh for people to beat uh but they scored 21 unanswered in the second half uh only to have uh only to have BYU come back and tie it at the very last second then uh the uh Cowboys win in double overtime on a fumble a cost fumble uh on BYU the you said you told me before we started this that the line is currently at Texas favored by 11 and a half what are a couple of your thoughts around that? And is this a game, Jerry and I talked about it. We think that this is a good matchup for Texas uh, because Oklahoma State is so run heavy that that is the one thing Texas should be able uh, to, I, I don't want to say deter because Ollie Gordon's going to be good, just like Taj Brooks got his a little bit yeah. too, right? Um, but they, they don't necessarily have that passing game that, all around worries you. You agree with that? Yeah, I, I think they're an upgraded Texas Tech. Uh, that doesn't mean a 50-point victory. Everyone, you know, chill your jets. But uh, that that line is reflective of, I think, the, the convention, the, the wisdom in Vegas. And I think that line's probably going to grow rather than shrink. Uh, but, yeah, Tosh Brooks actually was the only thing about, the only component of Texas Tech that impressed me. Uh, in person talk about a guy who can get through contact and break tackles but I think we'll see something similar with Ollie Gordon he's cut differently he's a he's a tall uh high cut guy but he's really good at breaking tackles and boy he can go like if he gets daylight he can he can stride it out so we'll have to be cognizant of that Bowman he's a pretty ordinary quarterback uh they, they've got it schemed up and you know he throws a lot of slants a lot of stops if we play the kind of coverage that we debuted against Texas Tech, Bobby, uh, I just don't have any concerns about this Oklahoma State team. Uh, on the other side of the ball, their defense has some very athletic pass rushers, two or three guys, sort of intermediate-sized guys who, who can bring some quickness. Uh, man for man, they don't have the dudes in the secondary or on the D-line. So I think if we stick with them that RPO game where Quinn Ewers is comfortable – and I think he was most comfortable against Texas Tech. Stay out of predictable third and eight, third and nine, third and ten, which we did a good job against Tech of doing. Uh, if you do that, we'll be in our wheelhouse, and I think Texas will be fine. Got it. Uh, I was looking at it. I, I watched Oklahoma State on Saturday as well, and I have to say uh, that I was surprised with how well 
they adjusted in the second half. It almost reminded me, frankly, of how well they adjusted in the second half last year against a Texas team that went into Stillwater and had a big lead at half. Uh, they came out and just totally dominated the second half. Uh, so Mike Gundy, uh, you know, you can say what you want about him, but he continues to win. And I, 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 I did say this. I felt like Mike Gundy uh, was very happy to win, not only as his team in the Big 12 championship, uh, but also he kept OU out of it. And if you were at media days this summer in the Big 12, Mike Gundy was not just upset with OU. He was pissed off. He yeah. was disappointed. He was all of those things. I can't believe they're doing away with our rivalry. What the hell are you doing? Yeah. For him, to, for him to win this and keep OU out of that game, I don't want to say moral victory, uh, just a personal victory for him uh, as well. He, he's a hell of a football coach. I mean, he really is. Um, there's a reason this guy's had one losing season, and it, it was the first year at OSU. Um, he does more with less, and uh, it's impressive the coaching job he did. Uh, and I agree with you on the adjustments. They did a hell of a job. They were down, what, 24-6? Yep, 24-6 at half. The, the, other thing, the other thing I want to say on that, Paul, sorry – the thing that he does that's different than what, uh, say, a Texas Tech does for Taj Brooks, Mike Gundy switches up the blocking schemes mid-game. Yes. And he will – I mean, he just has a variation on the running game that most teams don't. And uh, he gets – when you do that and you have a special player like Ollie Gordon, uh, you got you got a better chance to win, and that's what turned the season around for the Pokes. Two things. Uh, he has a great feel for the running game and building the play action game off of it. Right. Uh, and you're right. He makes these little tweaks. OSU's offensive line is not very good. And they've got a couple of guys who, you know, would not be on the Texas too deep, but he knows how to utilize them. He uses them as screeners. He understands how to influence a defensive alignment. And he's just really clever guy. He's a good football coach. And then second, I have to, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention BYU started playing better when they put in Jake Retzlaff, mm -hmm. who's one of three uh, Jews at BYU at Provo. <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. And he calls himself BY2, which is the best. So he does not. He does. Shout out to Jake Retzlaff. All right, Paul, I want to talk about the rest of college football because you and I both know that now Texas is a kind of rarefied air, right? Uh, other games do impact the future of Texas football. Uh, they don't control their own destiny. Florida State beat Florida on Saturday. 
Uh, Florida State did not look great in doing so, but they did come from behind. They were down 12 to nothing, ended up uh, a, a, a two-score win over the Gators in Gainesville. That's not an easy place to play. Uh, Washington uh, survived and advanced against Washington State. Uh, they connected on a fourth, uh, not connected, but they ran a fourth and one from their own 29-yard line last night and got it with less than a minute to go. Uh, they, they're hanging on. They're playing week by week. Uh, then also you had Louisville losing to Kentucky, Oregon beating the you-know-what out of uh, Oregon State, uh, Georgia beating Georgia Tech, Bama hanging on by a thread, miracle there uh, in, uh, the, in on the Plains uh, at Auburn. Uh, Michigan beating Ohio State. Ryan Day has got to be uh, – Ryan Day is probably looking for another job right now. Uh, we, we don't think it's going to be AM. We'll talk about that too. But And then Iowa, uh, they they covered and hit the under against Nebraska, is my understanding, <laughs> uh, on Saturday. So, all right. Or Friday. All right. Let, let's look at this and go down this because what, what we know to be true is that Texas probably needs a little help right now. Yeah, um, they, they they probably do. They need Florida State to lose, and then they and, – and that's it. But if Florida State doesn't lose, I don't know that there's a way in for Texas unless Bama beats Georgia. Do you foresee a way or, – or Michigan lose to Iowa, which isn't going to happen? I mean, that final score may be three to nothing. Um, yeah. it, do you see any – what are the permutations that I, you see advancing – the committee, I hate the idea that the committee does these rankings a few weeks out, right? Because it calcifies in your mind certain hierarchies. And once they had it in their mind that Oregon's over Texas, and they're, by the way, incapable of explaining it, right, coherently. They're trying to make comparisons between Oregon winning at Utah and Texas winning at Alabama. I mean, it's not even on the same plane. Uh, but once they had that fixated in their mind, it's very difficult for them to drop Oregon when Oregon's about to get their quality win, potentially, right, over Washington. So I think that's the concern. Florida State, is it theoretical, Bobby? Let me bounce this off you. Is it is it possible that quality of play, even with a one-point win over Louisville and it looks ugly, if the quality of play is really poor, could Texas get the nod over Florida State, or is it just an auto nod because there's a zero after their, you know, on their roster? I think, look, they're supposed to consider um, injuries, but I just don't think you can keep a thirteen and or twelve and 0, 13 and zero team out of the playoff from a major conference. I just, I, I if it happen, if it, I'll just say this: if it were to happen to Texas, I would be blood curdling mad. I mean, would you not be if the same well, thing were to happen to Texas? But it wouldn't make sense because we'd have Arch Manning and we'd win. <laughs> yes. I, look, I, I get what you're saying. You, you, I think we all agree. Let's go down this and, and talk about it this way, though. All right. In the uh, Texas favored by 11 and a half in the Big 12 championship. Yes. Oregon, who lost to Washington last time, favored by eight and a half over Washington. I don't know how that's possible. They they played once before. I guess they think Oregon's just gotten that much better, and Washington's kind of gotten hit by the injury bug or something. Uh, Florida State, even with their second string quarterback, favored by four and a half over Louisville. Yep. Bama 
uh, is an underdog to Georgia. That makes sense. They'll play in the Georgia Dome. Five and a half there. Uh, Michigan, uh, this one's going to be a little lopsided. 22 and a half point favorites against Iowa. Um, what's funny about that is we say 22 and a half point favorites. You told me the over was 35. Yes. So they must, they literally must think the score is going to be 23 to 10 or 23 to 13, something like that. Unbelievable. 24 to 10. Um, all right. So long story short, if, if that goes as planned, the only team that Texas could theoretically bump is Oregon, right? If, if Florida State wins, Georgia wins, Michigan wins, and Oregon wins, that, that would mean that Texas would have to go ahead of Oregon. Yeah, just real quick, the imputed score for Oregon, for, for Michigan, Iowa would be 28-7. Okay, okay, got it. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> the imputation there. But yeah, okay. I, I followed you. It's, it's going to be an ugly, don't watch it. Unless Iowa's somehow winning in the fourth quarter, then let's watch it. But yeah, uh, yeah I mean, look, Washington hasn't been playing very well. And they've been sort of getting by. Um, and, you know, the whole idea of getting rid of the BCS and all that was to get rid of style points and blowing teams out. Truth is, style points never went away. And is it possible that Texas fans may regret some of these games where we just got by, right? And it's possible because Oregon was making a point of blowing out particularly some of these lower tier teams in the Pac-12 to make an impression and to jack up their statistics. And I think the committee is frankly considering that. And I think it's silly. Uh, I don't think you're looking at the full context and, you know, obviously Texas playing their second string quarterback, et cetera. But uh, look, Louisville has a real shot at being beating Florida state, even though they lost to Kentucky. I think this, the Florida team that Florida state struggled with, frankly, is not a good football team. So oh, they're five I, and seven, you know, I mean, their, their record says what they are. Right. So I think there's a real shot for Louisville here. The question is, can they win the game? Because Florida's going to Florida state's going to play to not lose the game. They've got better talent on defense. They've got the running backs. They've got incredible receivers. They're just going to have him throw some safe routes and try to have a couple of jump balls, but not make any mistakes. Right. Can Louisville go take the game? Right. Because if they can get a lead, if they can open up a 14-3 lead, the whole footing of that game will change. And they're going to have to ask Rodemaker to make some plays. And I, I don't know if he's going to be capable of doing that. I mean, I'd like to see it. So I think we have a shot there. The main thing that, that does bother me, though, is that Oregon-Texas relationship and the committee not fully valuing that win in Tuscaloosa, acting like it you know, is sort of a commonplace thing. And we know that it's not. Um, now, we also get into the situation, what if Alabama upsets Georgia? Georgia may have enough resume and enough qualitative respect, two-time champion, all that nonsense, which shouldn't actually factor in. But I think the committee might still try to get them in. Well, uh, I mean, they have a common... This is the problem I'm having. If, if that's the case... Common opponents don't do anything. Common, right? They do actually. They're supposed to. Right. According to the BCS rule or the uh, college football playoff rule, they're supposed to. You take uh, conference championships first. You take head-to-head -head next. And then you talk about common opponents. Well, if you're choosing, if Bama beats Georgia, Texas and Georgia had exactly one common opponent. 
and that's Bama. Texas beat Bama. Georgia yep. lost to Bama. If Oregon, and you want to get down to this, if Oregon and Texas are both conference champs, they've both had one common opponent, Texas Tech. Texas beat Texas Tech by 50. Oregon won it by, what, eight, eight uh, you know, on the last second. So, a pick I, six. I, yeah, so I, I look at it that way, and, I'm, and I, I try to stew all of that around, and I, I don't know, Paul. I mean, I, I agree with you. Texas is going to have to find a way in, but be above and beyond everything else, nothing matters unless they win on Saturday. They 100%. need to leave the Big 12 the way they left the Southwest Conference, and that's by winning the Big 12. Uh, that's that's my opinion. The one other thing I would say uh, as we look forward to that, uh, you know, Texas played Colorado in the Big 12 championship twice. A lot of people remember the 70-3, to okay, where Vince Young just went nuts, uh, and our friend Drew Kelson uh, knocked Joel Klatt into, you know, next week or whatever in that game. They forget about the 2001 game where Texas, if they would have won, would have played potentially for the national championship, but lost instead uh, to uh, Colorado after Chris Sims went out and did not have a good game. Uh, so, there, you know, we've seen, we've been there, here before where we've seen a Texas team that was favored over a team that was kind of good, but was kind of just running the ball well and playing keep away a little bit. Let's see how Texas performs on Saturday. Uh, they certainly have uh, all that value in from uh, Paul. That's going to do it for today. Uh, I appreciate you joining me this morning. Uh, we've got uh, a couple of uh, other shows coming up today. Um, you know, Paul, this is awesome. Uh, before the basketball game, uh, DJ Augustine, former point guard, uh, as well as uh, Royal Ivy, who is no way. an assistant at the for the Houston Rockets, uh, they will be on. They're talking to Caden Shedrick. Uh, the new transfer from Virginia. They'll be on uh, for our weekly basketball show. Uh, the Longhorns play at 3 o'clock today, uh, by the way, on Longhorn Network. So uh, be ready for that. But we're going to have that uh, debut uh, here today as well. And then we'll be back uh, at 7 o'clock with the Longhorn live stream. Of course, also please check out all of our content on InsideTexas.com. Uh, Paul wrote his postmortems on offense and defense. Uh, just a lot of stuff going on, as well as you can check out some of Paul's work on his podcast. Everyone gets a trophy, uh, and uh, we appreciate it. Except him. for Texas Tech, Bobby. Uh, or Oh, except for Brett Yormark, maybe. Except for Brett Yormark. Did you see him down there by the chance? I saw him there, and he also played his video in the, the, the closing <laughs> moments of the game, which got a great reception. <laughs> All right, Paul. I appreciate you, man. Uh, thanks uh, for uh, watching, everybody. Uh, we'll see you next time on Texas Football. 11-1, baby. Let's go. Hook them. <laughs>